put on your perfume, your cologne, and your jewelry. And before you left, you went and you stood in the mirror. I want to ask a question now, and I'll close up the lesson with the same question. When you looked in the mirror, did you like what you saw? James chapter 1, 22 through 26, these words are thereby recorded. But prove yourselves doers of the word. And not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Boy, Dr. Hunt, you messing with me. Our subject this evening, the man in the mirror. You may be seated. I've been teaching Bible study methods for some years, and boy, James is a passage that just flies off the page at me. And those of you who have taken my class who are listening, the one thing that we learn is you have to observe the text and before you can interpret the text. And in observing the text, you have to ask some questions about the background. I'm quite sure we're at Dr. Hunt's church, so you already know, but I don't take for granted anything. Uh, the author of the book of James is James, the half-brother of our Lord and Savior Jesus. He became recognized as the leader of Jerusalem church. It is likely that the letter was written between A.D. 45 and 48. Clearly addressed to the 12 tribes that were scattered amongst the nations, according to James 1 and 1. This letter has marked Jewish flavor. The book of James is as much a lecture as it is a letter. Though it opens with a customary salutation of an epistle, it lacks personal references in common that's known in the Jewish culture. And it was without a customary benediction. The letter begins with a conventional opening, the name of the writer James. The people to whom the letter was addressed, the Jews who were scattered amongst the nations. In a word of greeting, James was content with this simple introduction. Well, I want to stop right there and tell you, when you talk about Jesus, just give him a simple introduction. He wrote to the Jews that were scattered abroad, the Greek word diaspora, which literally means through the sowing. They were in the fifth cycle of discipline because of their disobedience of God. But God still wanted to get a word out to them. When I look at the book of James, I have to go back to the, to the first couple of verses before I can get to our passage. There's one verse that sticks out in my heart, Sister Hunt. Verse number two, it says, consider it all joy. 
my brother, and when you encounter various trials, I'm just laying out the introduction. Consider in this passage means to deem, consider, or to think. What it means to do is to take an account. And when I read this verse, I thought about Reverend Paul Jones. He said, I had some good days. I had some hills to climb. I've had some, somebody know what I'm talking about. I had some weary days. But when I look around and he started to consider, he said, my good days. Oh, boy. See, see. Outweigh my. And I won't, I won't do, I won't complain. So when I looked at this verse, I thought about what James said. He said, count it all joy when you fall into different trials. Now the trials in this verse had nothing to do with temptation. The trials in this verse has to do with just everyday circumstances. You know how it is when you get up and your car is on flat. The battery tripping. Amen. Kids acting crazy. Light bill went up. Just a different try than what James was telling us in the beginning of this passage. When all that's going on, start to add it up. And realize that through your trials and through your uh, tribulations, God is still wonderful. When you add it up, God's blessings outweigh your trials and your tribulations. Then in verse 19, he says, be swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to write. Well, some of us, we talk so fast, we don't listen. And then somebody make us upset. We just jump off into wrath. Then we get to our passage as he's talking to the dispersed Jews. I want to make three points and I'll be out of here. Point number one, the delusional look. Verse 22 through 23. But prove yourselves, doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. When I was young, there were carnivals that would pop up all over town, especially in Sharpstown, Greens Point, Mile. Some of y'all know what I'm talking And there was a room in these carnivals called the Room of Mirrors. See, Doc, you messed with him. Once you entered in, you were surrounded by mirrors. The object was to locate the door that wasn't a mirror. However, you would often find yourself bumping and running into your own reflection. It was mind-boggling yet entertaining seeing yourself from a four-dimensional outlook. You find yourself arguing with yourself. Is this the way? Or is that the way? Or is it behind me? You find yourself arguing. You delude yourself into thinking this is the way you bump right into a mirror. You deceive yourself. Well, God's word is a mirror. And once you are presented with it, you will find yourself arguing with yourself. If you are hearing or not hearing, you will deceive yourself. What do you mean by hearing and not hearing? The word here has two different definitions and two different Greek words. One of them is called a coup. A coup means to attend, consider what is and what has been said. 
to understand with the intent to obey. That's a coup. The other one, watch this, is called paracoup. <laughs> to refuse to hear, pay attention to, and have no regard because you don't intend to obey. So let me say this again. You will find yourself hearing paraku, watch this, and not hearing aku. And that's what happens when we talk, Dr. Hunt. People hear us paraku, but they don't hear us aku. They just want to, they, 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 they don't want to obey. And they end up deluding themselves. My mom would say it would go in one ear and out the other. The word delude means to impose a misleading belief upon oneself or to fool yourself. Well, how do you fool yourself? How, how do you delude yourself? Here's how we, I said we, not you, we deceive ourselves. We look in the mirror and we see this large imperfection on our face. See this large imperfection on our body. And we tell ourselves, oh, it's not that bad. It's, it's, it's okay. Or we play, as I said, my church, the suck it in game. You get in the mirror and you <gasps> suck it in. Oh, I've done oh, come on. See, y'all, y'all been too holy. I, I sucked it in and I thought I had a six pack. But then my wife walked in and said, What's going on? And I realized it's not a six pack, it's a keg. See, y'all, y'all. We delude ourselves when we look in the mirror. Well, how, how else does that happen? It's that one girl, that one guy who makes the intent notion to hang around with people that are not as attractive as they are. Hang around with the less attractive people to make yourself look better. Delude your, yourself. It's a classic dating deception. I've been there, Sister Hunter and, and, and Sister Prudem. I've been with a group, watched a group of women, and the, the one that looks attractive looks even more attractive because the other ones are fat and nasty. See, I'm just being real with y'all. So, so, so what happens is the other ones make her look better than she really is. Amen. But then, but then when I get closer, I realize that I deluded. Oh, y'all, see, y'all, y'all, I deluded my, myself. Well, that's, that's the physical part. Now, let me tell you how it happens on the spiritual part. Spiritually, we compare ourselves to other people in the church. We make ourselves seem better than them. Watch this. Watch this. You know, I know pastor talking about uh, adultery and shacking, but that's just a so-and-so. That ain't me. But you just lied before you got here. See? see? So, 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 so we make ourselves think that we're better than someone else. We start comparing ourselves to each other. See, if y'all were honest tonight, you've done it before. You, you heard the pastor talking and you knew exactly who he was talking about. You knew exactly who he was rebuking. And you know what you said? Oh, I'm glad that wasn't me. I'm better than that person. While the night before you were dropping it like it's I don't care. Amen. We delude ourselves. Point number two, the distant look, verse 22 through 20, 23, 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. 
Again, the Greek word here is paraku. He pays no attention or he disobeys. He's not a doer. He looks at his natural face. Think he looks okay. And look at verse 24. For once he has looked at himself and gone away. He has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. There is something I call an instant look. Then there's something that's called an intensified look. And you were sitting in this passage. Oftentimes, when we look in God's word, we take an instant look. Because we really don't want to take an intensified look. We live in a world of instant satisfaction and gratification. We glance in God's word and when it starts to hurting us, we back out of it. I call those type of Christians microwave Christians. They put the 30 seconds in the word, Dr. Hunter, then they walk, then they, then they walk, they walk away. They see the word, but they keep it far away from them because they won't allow the word to change them. And after they leave church, they forget exactly what the pastor just talked about. Oh, can I get real? Watch this. Sometimes, sometimes, Sister Parker, they don't even get out to church. Sometimes they, they, they forget what the pastor said before he even finish. Distant. Distant look, a distant look. The farther we get away from God's word, the more distant God's words become to us. Last point and I'm done. The decisive look. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty abides or lives by it. Not having become forgetful heroes, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does the word intently means that he stoop in and he takes a real good look at it. And the reason he's looking at it, because he has an intention to follow what he sees in the word. Now, the mirror of James, they are different than our mirrors to here today. They were made with material like bronze and copper, pounded out by a hammer and highly polished to reflect an image. But. They still reflected an imperfect and unclear image. So they had to get a little closer to get a good look at themselves. For if a person wanted to see a good reflection, they had to get close. I'm going to suggest this. If you want to really get a good look at yourself, get close to God's word. The intense look suggests that a person is looking at it deeply. Watch this. Studying it. In order to see what God's law actually says. So that one could conform to it. The call here is for you. Once you look in God's word. Not to be delusional. The call here is not to be distant. The call here is to take an intensified look. Into God's word. We must be. Watch the decisive doers. And I'm almost through. Doers means you, 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 you look at God's word. Watch this. And you have a spiritual intent to do what the word says. Jeremy, in 1988, Nike had a campaign, JDI. Just do it. The Just Do It campaign allowed Nike to further increase its share of the North American domestic sports shoe business from 18% to 43%. From $877 million to $9.2 billion. 
in worldwide sales from 1988 to 1998. Some of the stars that appeared on those ads were Bo Jackson, uh, Wayne Rooney, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, tennis stars like Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal were used in these advertisements, which boosted the sales from, watch this, from 800 and something million to $9 billion. What I'm asking you tonight is to do that same thing. Take the JDI mentality. When you read God's word, just do it. When you take a decisive look into the mirror of God's word, you will find yourself, watch this, understanding it, receiving it, professing it, submitting to it, seeking it. Oh, I'm, all, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm going somewhere. Learning it, meditating on it, teaching it, living it, walking in it, talking in it, Growing in it, praying in it, applying it, obeying it, and being delivered by it. If you just do it. In 17 years of pastoring, Dr. Hun has preached approximately 50 times a year. Which means he's preached at least 850 sermons to you. Well, you may say, I haven't been there that long. Maybe I've been there 10 years. Then he's preached about 500 sermons to you. Well, five years, 250 sermons to you. Three years, 150 sermons. See, I'm, I'm getting everybody right. 150 sermons to you. Of all of those sermons... Bible studies, enrichment lessons, conferences. I've got to ask you a question. How much of it do you remember? Do you look the same that you did when you started listening to his sermons? When you look in God's word, do you look the same now as you did 17 years ago? Because if you look the same, then you're delusional. If you look the same. I'm I'm closing this out. I got to get out. If you look the same, then you're distant. But if you change, then you became a doer. I want to close by quoting my favorite Michael Jackson song. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to make a change. No message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. If you want to make your marriage a better marriage, take a look at yourself and make a change. If you want to make your job a better job, take a look at yourself and make a change. If you want to make your home a better home, take a look at yourself and make a change. If you want to make your friendships better friendships, take a look at yourself 
and make a change. If you want to make vision church, a better church, stop looking at Dr. Hunt. Stop looking at Sister Hunt. Stop looking at the other church members. Take a look at your and make that change. Well, let me throw, I, I got to get out of here, y'all. I'm almost through. My, my, my. You can only change when you allow the change maker to change you. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the change maker. There's a man named Jesus who can change it all around. He changed the course of this world because over 2,000 years ago, he stopped by a place called Calvary. The Bible says he hung. Oh, y'all don't want to pray with me. He hung. They lifted him up high, but they made a mistake. He said, if I, if I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw, I'll draw all men unto me. One day, he drew me. One day, he drew you. They made a mistake. They lifted him up. And they For me and for you, he died. They put him in a brand new bar tomb. He stayed there three days and three nights. But here's where the world was changed. Early, 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 early. One Sunday morning, he got up. With saving power. He got up with Holy Ghost power. He got up with Deuteronomy's church. Dynamite power. Well, what does that mean? Can I say he exploded on the sea? He got up just like he got up. You gonna get up. One of these old days. Just like he left, he's gonna come again. But what you need to do is take a look at the man in the mirror. And if you were going wrong, I'm going to suggest you change your ways. Because greater is he that is in you than is he that is in the world. Make that change. Make that change. Start tonight. If you haven't been doing it right, I'm going to suggest you make that change right now. Because we serve an awesome God. Is he good? Has he been good to you? See, I wasn't going to do this. Has he made a way? Out of no way. When you were downtrodden, didn't he step in? In a nick of time. When you didn't have money to pay your bills, didn't he step in? In a nick of time. I need somebody to shout, yeah! 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 He's worthy! He's worthy! He's worthy to be praised! If I had some Holy Ghost people, you would say he's good, he's amazing, he's awesome, he's wonderful, he's just, he's righteous, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's immutable, he's truth. Woo!